So by and large these days uh, the kind of attention that people uh, use mostly is what I call book attention. Mm. The literate world where the written word and symbols, numbers, figures are extremely important. Uh, and they always come as separate items on a sheet or on a screen and your eye travels along them and you derive the meaning when you get to the end of the line yeah you've got to the end of the word or the end of the phrase or the end of the code oh that's what it means so your, your attention skips along very quickly to get the full meaning that's the normal mode of attention, attention that we value highly as this will give us the truest, clearest, most advanced kind of intelligence the literary uh, concepts and symbols intelligence actually as you know what you really see is say you look at a book you see most of it white, white sheet with some black marks on it and black marks really compromise about 15% of the page, if you, uh, most of it's white space, you don't see the white space, you see the black marks and your eye moves along because each black mark on its own doesn't mean anything so you've got to get the string of them before you get the meaning even of one word one word alone doesn't mean that much so you get two or three, you're getting there by the time you've got a whole string then you've got it so you want to get that whole string as quickly as possible to get the meaning. So you might skip along the to the end. Uh-huh. And then maybe even that one sentence doesn't really complete it because you need to get that in the paragraph. So you get to the end of that. The paragraph itself is nearly there, but you want another one. So to get it fuller, so your mind skips along, turn the page, maybe it's, you know, eventually get something, you think, oh, I think I know what it means. Oh, I think I got it. Uh, that's chapter one, section one. And read on. You know. So after a while, we might feel we've probably got a reasonable grasp for the meaning, uh, at least the introductory set of it. Yeah? Chapter one, page one, you know, or first section. Of, yeah, I think I'm getting at least the beginning of it but I really need to get to the end of the manual to understand it all so naturally attention like that is always moves along as quickly as possible um, to you know uh, before it can have a meaning mm -hmm. we want the meaning and what is attention doing it's basically picking up a symbol and rapidly translating that into some perception, some meaning, some impression. Uh, and it's not quite clear until we get all those words together what the impression is. You know, like one word like she, that could be a horror story or a moot or a romance or anything really. So you've got to get she walked down the street, okay, still what's happening? She walked down the street to meet Aha, this sounds interesting. The laundry. No, that's not interesting at all. 
she went down the street to meet laundry and then she met this yes this is that's interesting this old man oh, it's not going to be a romance is it <laughs> so you know as the thing moves along you get till eventually you get the thing you know, this old man was a long lost father or something or the other and there's this great tragic thing it unfolds <laughs> but you know, so you get, you've got to get the whole thing don't you before you really get the the what it's all this is about and it, how, how you're moved by it. So you kind of, oh, what's this about? And that's the, that's the attention that we would use most normally. <clears throat> and the idea is that the better you get at it, the quicker you can get that meaning in through those words, if you start guessing, but to really to get along quickly, you know, to the end of the sentence. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so even when you're talking to somebody, or somebody's talking to you, they talk quickly to get to the end of the sentence so they really get it across to you. Yeah. If you go to like an uh, uh, airline or counter or something, yeah. what? Because <laughs> they said the same thing a hundred times already. And what they're saying is, how many bags do you have to check in today? But it was, how many bags do you get a date? What? <laughs> they're getting to the end of their sentence, which they've learnt to say, you know. Thank you so much for your service. You know, pleasure having you here. All right. Well, you know, it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> but they're throwing out this remark, you know, that's, that's the standard thing. Where's the tone? Where's the tone? Because, of course, on the sheet, there's no tone. <laughs> on the screen, there's no tone, really. You can't do it, because it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a living creature. It's not an organic system. It's an, art, it's an abstract. It doesn't have tones. Those come from you. you know, when you read the book, you get the tone. But it's not on the page, is it? But, so, but then what occurs is that we take the information to be a series of symbols and concepts that we bring across irrespective of the tone yeah. and uh, it's the the symbols and concepts and words are the important thing and to get them there as quickly as possible so this is how we, our mind gets trained to operate in this way we call that being attentive and if you're really attentive really careful, really attentive you're very focused on those symbols and concepts and if you're really good at it, you get there as quickly as possible before you can get the thing done so now we sit and meditate uh oh right <laughs> how am I supposed to do this one breath, two breath, three breath four breath, five breath before I get there to the samadhi and get to that state I've heard about, read about, get the, state, get the mindfulness going, mindfulness, it's the right effort, and also must get the right view, right effort, right mindfulness, right, is it energy, idipadas, um, the right indriya, the, exactly the bojanga factor, it's got to wedge it all in to make sure I get the right stuff going. You know? What happened to the tone? Pressure, stress, 
anxiety, hurry, haste. Oh, yeah. uh, attention is um, a normal function, but attention is not, uh, it's not neutral, it's conditioned. Attention is a sankara. So it's sankara more again to revisit this term. Some sankara is formed and it forms. It's like our path through the forest that the wild pig created. The path is both formed by this movement, but then again it starts to form. It starts to form where the people will go and where the road will get laid down, where the houses will get built. So it both is the the action initiates the form and it is the result of it. You know, attention is a sankara. It means what we, attention seeks certain things and then <clears throat> whatever it seeks and the way it seeks things will generate a form that then gets established and begins to lead us. Yeah? So it begins to lead us just like that path does, or suggests, come this way. <clears throat> so again, just revisit that, just imagine you have, as I said before, very easy to notice this, your visual consciousness. What do you see? If you just open your eyes, what do you see? Yeah. Do you see, you probably see the people, I imagine, these other human bodies, because those are significant features in your life, right? You see, you might see the shrine behind me, you probably see me, um, see the walls, Not really, the floor, the sky, the trees behind me. How much do you see? Do you see the clocks? you see the lamps? How much do you see? What do you see? And you see certain discrete objects within a field, right? That's what attention does. It picks up a certain object within the larger field of awareness. And says, that's what you're seeing. But actually, that's not what you're seeing. You're seeing that, but you're also seeing a much wider thing. And you could go down to seeing the button on somebody's shirt, you know, <laughs> or the detail of her hand or something. You get it right down there. It depends on what you're looking for. Now, if you're just fairly neutral, you probably just see, okay, other people, there's the monk, shrine, right? And other things you probably wouldn't really pay much attention to. But still, how much of your awareness, of your visual field would that be? 5%? Yeah. 5% of what you could see is what you do see? That's called attention, right? Now imagine if I was a thief coming in here, what would I see? I'd see the bags, mm -hmm. I'd look at the door, the lock, yeah, hairstyles wouldn't bother me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd see how to, how to get out, I'd see the bags, I'd see the pockets, see uh, what we're wearing wouldn't bother me at all, hairstyles wouldn't bother me. Men and women wouldn't bother me. I just see certain details. 
Say if I was an architect and I came in here, what would I see? Probably see the posts. You probably haven't seen those. The posts, the shape of the roof, the design, you might see those things. Mm -hmm. A few people sitting in here, so what? Imagine if I was a, a real estate, somebody selling property, what would I see? I come in and say, yeah, yeah, you get a family home in here. Yeah. Divide that into two, you could have two apartments, nice view over there. That would be probably two million baht you could get for that. Over there, nice view, sunshine coming in, yeah, not bad. Let's see that. People, I just get in the other way. <laughs> Attention is not neutral. It depends on what you're looking for. It also depends on how you're looking. If you're looking with a deceitful mind, you probably look at where are the locks, where are the bags, how much can I sell this for? So the intention also is part of it. And of course the other thing is the mode of attention. So, as I said, now we're just using the visual consciousness. But of course, we could also be someone who hears the sounds. Sounds of the crickets, sounds of the birds, sounds of the traffic, sounds of people outside, sounds of my voice. It would be that. That's true at all, isn't it? What, you, what, what comes into your attention? And then when you close your eyes, what arise? All this mental phenomena arise. Yeah. So, and then you, one attends to that. And we call this meditation. <clears throat> so attention is very much uh, uh, modified uh, according to what sense door we're looking, what sense door we're operating within, also the uh, intentions, and also um, the quality, I think, of seriousness. So generally when people get serious, they go to book attention, because that's where we've done our serious stuff. This is where the important information is in the book or on the screen, yeah? those symbols and concepts and the idea is to run along those as quickly as possible to get the meaning so we do something serious that kind of that quality of intentionality starts to get in there get this right and there's always such a thing as getting it right getting it wrong it depends on how quickly you your attention is scattered through the information <clears throat> If we go back to the uh, uh, forest dweller, the time of the Buddha, no books, no books, no clocks, no screens, no symbols, no squiggles on pages, no black lines. No time of day, the sun, moon, Sunset, sunrise, moon, full moon, new moon. Mm-hmm. What do you think their mode of attention is? <laughs> if you're in a forest, you don't 
and that leaf and that leaf and that leaf and that leaf and that tree and that bark and that your eye doesn't do that you get the whole picture and you feel where am I in this because when I'm standing in a forest I'm both aware of the big field around me I'm also aware I'm visible I'm visible to whatever else is here could be ghosts could be spirits going to come and cut my head off yeah. could be some poisonous thing is going to bite me could be you know, a number of things so I'm aware both of a broad field and also aware there's somebody here there's something here that's sensitive that would be normal normal mode that's how you survive how you, how you learn and you walk around and you're feeling how things are Touching you, how things are, your feet are moving, yeah? what the air is like. You're both listening, but you're not absorbed in sound. You're seeing, but you're not absorbed in seeing. You're smelling, but you're not absorbed in smelling. You're absorbed, you're kind of with a process, right? You're with a process of moving along, and you have to trust have to trust a lot basic intelligence that's going to be that signal reminds me of tiger so you're pretty tuned in to any of those sense doors could touch you could touch your chitta and give you a clue I think you have to be pretty receptive and attentive but not to anything in particular but just to sensitivity itself to awareness itself you have to trust that because that's all you have you've got no flashlight you've got no clock you've got no map yeah? you've got no compass <laughs> you just got this <laughs> you just got this basic intelligence embodied intelligence right? and we call it chitta yeah, embodied intelligence uh, it's not made of meat but it's very much attuned to being both an actor a body that moves around and also a body that could be is vulnerable it's got both of those meanings are established so it walks around quite some sensitivity some care some yeah, some attentiveness in relationship to its environment that's very different from a book books don't care <laughs> they don't see you you know you relate to a book it doesn't care what your mood is it doesn't care whether you see it or not it's got no but whether you're in a body and you're relating to that then everything around you could affect your body you're both receptive, deeply receptive and also attentive to what? to that which arises in your chitta because that's what you're reading get lost in the leaves you miss the roots get lost in the roots you miss the fruit get lost in the fruit you miss the tiger (laughs) 
So you don't get lost in anything. You keep that awareness. Are you concentrated? Well, you better be. <laughs> concentrated on what? You're concentrated on your chitta. <laughs> right? You're concentrated on your intelligence, on your awareness, because that's all you have. And so it has to learn. Yeah? It has to learn through falling over, it has to learn through making mistakes, it has to, that's the only way it learns. It learns through that and it learns to, to grow up and uh, take responsibility. And you know, it has to learn, you have to give it confidence and encouragement. You have to look after it. You have to recognize it's going to make mistakes, so you move carefully, sensitively, and when you get mistake, ah, learnt that one, very good. And you keep feeding it, nourishing it, with encouragement, take your time. So even though you're moving around, really the center point remains still, open. It's not moving around because it's aware of everything else that's moving around. Sights, sounds, thoughts, feelings, emotions, sensations, smells, odors, it's moving. It's aware of everything else that's moving around. So it shouldn't move around. It shouldn't be preoccupied with itself. It shouldn't be trying to find out what it is. Because <laughs> then it, it, you, lose, you, miss the, you lose the plot. So it's quite still, open, but not rigid, receptive. The thing is seen, experienced, felt, arising through it. And uh, as you uh, care for this device, this wonderful system, you make sure it doesn't get clogged with all kinds of preoccupations and it loses receptivity to the here and now. It doesn't come in with a whole set of fixed ideas and strategies, otherwise you'll be walking on a map and not on the earth. (laughs) That's not going to work. So it's, you know, clear the fixed ideas and strategies, you've clear the memories, you've clear the regrets, you clear, clear the doubt and the lack of confidence because this is all you got, so you better give it the best things. <laughs> Nothing else is going to look after you. Right? So whether you feel very secure or not, you better get secure because <laughs> this is all you have. And you grow up with it. You're never ready. You never feel you're ready, but you are ready. You just don't think you're ready because you can't get it as an idea. You haven't got somebody there to read your your score sheet and give you credits. You haven't got anybody to compare yourself with. So you think, are you ready? You better be. That state of not feeling quite ready, that's what we call ready. (laughs) (laughs) It means you're open. 
It's not preconceived, it's not fixed and final yet. You're never ready. That means you're ready. You're ready to learn from the book of life, the real life. Yeah. And what, you, what you learn from it is never, the story's never over. The sentence never ends. Yeah. There's no page two, it just, it just page one keeps going. There's no chapter never, it just keeps rolling on. You learn that after a while. You think you're going to get to the end of it. You're going a long while. This will be going a long while, this story. Where's the end of it? It doesn't end. You just lose interest in it. <laughs> you get, don't get caught in the drama of it. Because it isn't going to end. You just, so you just, oh, there's a, there's a page there. Underneath all that story. A lovely white space underneath all that tumult of words. I can stay with that. And at the same time, I'm aware of these words and ideas coming up, but I'm also aware of the, the ground on which they arise. Ah, that's more stable. That's more steady. And, you know, and that everything that arises has to arise on that ground. Every word has to sit on some screen or another. Every word has to fit on a page of some other, or a sign of some, you know? Every detail has to sit on a background. And we think, <laughs> we forget the background. We get absorbed into the, the concept, the symbol, and also the, the running along it. The running along it in order to find the end of the sentence, the end of the story. When you recognize there's no end of the sentence, there's no end of the story, you stop running. <laughs> you say, well, something about this pattern has to be understood. And it's right there, page one, section one, the first word tells you all you need to know. <laughs> which is, there's a background, which is pretty stable, and there's a foreground which is never finished. How are you with that? Are you trying to get to the end of it? I don't like the sense of stress. The sense of agitation. The sense of you know, trying to find something. You don't feel good. I know that. Just relax then. Now, of course, in the time of the Buddha, there were words, concepts, many. <coughs> uh, but they spoke them. All the teachings were spoken. Many of the teachings were chanted. And when you chant or recite, you get the tone the sense of melody, the sense of flow. Even when you speak, you get the sense of flow, you get the emphatic tone, and you get the light tone, and you get the soft tone, and you get the severe tone. Right? <laughs> you get the tones, and those tones t tell you something. You know? This is where you should be firm. This is where you take it easy. This is where you let things pass. You know? And you learn the tones, and you hear the tones. So that's how the teaching was given. 
through a human voice. And vo human voice is a very significant medium. <clears throat> it's the first uh, way in which we know uh, in our history the presence of another. When we were in our mother's wombs, we could hear her heartbeat. Rhythmic. Rhythmic means alive. Ah, steady, safe, alive, steady, safe. That's what it's saying. Safe, steady, rhythmic. Get it? Nice, steady beat to it. That's the first message. Do you remember that message? Probably not consciously, but if you um, if you can go back to that, just that very idea. And then maybe when you were born, and you see these faces, and you hear these sounds going, it's kind of soothing, warm, warbling sounds, means you're loved. screaming, shrill, in a haste, they're kind of gentle, warm, burbling, warbling sound. You know what they're saying, you haven't got the language yet, but you've got the tone, and you feel, ah, oh, safe, steady, loved. Yeah. You don't have those ideas, but that's, that's the meaning that's impressed. That's why, of course, you know, mothers always warble at their babies. They rock it around so the baby gets a sense of being moved gently and here's this warbling sound rolling over them. I don't know what she's saying. She'd be could be reciting the next you know, the dinner menu or something. But you hear the sounds and the sounds are always carefully soft and sonorous sounds, light, flowing sounds. The baby feels comfortable, settled. That's the second message, isn't it? Second message is relationship is loving. You're welcome. That's the second message. Safe and now loved. Someone's giving you love. Second message. Of course, the human voice can carry many pieces of information. And over time, as we move from this very early stage of just hearing tones and qualities, then you start to get the words, the meanings. And, uh, you know, maybe your dad starts to tell you about something, you know, you know, how to do this, that, and the other, and he sounds excited, and he's being encouraging, and you pick up his encouragement and his excitement, and you know, you could really do this, it'd be great, and you feel the enthusiasm, and you pick up that tone. Oh yeah, we could do this, yes, we could do that. Or you get there, you better not do this, you better not do that, be careful of that, you get that tone. So you learn some of these other tones, you know? And then, go to school. Right? 
And it starts out easy enough, but generally the emphasis is to get more and more of the verbal information in, and doesn't matter what the tone is. In fact, tone goes out the window because you've got to cram as much possible information in to get it right, so you can pass the examination. <laughs> and if you don't, get out. <laughs> so it's a very sharp, hard tone. <laughs> It gets sharper and harder, depending, of course, on the school. Eventually, it's just not even a human voice anymore. It's just here's the here's the sheet of paper, or the screen, or whatever it is. It's got no voice at all. You attend to that. So tone is completely gone. Relationship is completely gone. <laughs> what you feel like is completely gone. Love is completely gone. Safety is gone. Security is gone. Humanity is gone. <laughs> All you have is raw data, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> and that's progress. <laughs> that's learning higher education. So you come out of that, yeah, right. And then of course, people start to talk like it. <clears throat> yeah. So talking gets clipped and sharp. Mm-hmm. Cut it. Mm-hmm. So something like, is that, do we agree upon this? That's much too long. So we say, okay, that's shorter. Eventually, you, okay is too long, so you just get K. <laughs> K. Because <laughs> okay is much too long. So it's just like, okay. Eventually, just be. (laughs) 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 Hurry up! Get the tone becomes shriller and sharper. To get thing, get it across as quickly as possible. Now we've really got to, you know, break out of this mode of attention. However, you suit it may. be or necessary maybe you don't even, you really got to re deprogram your attention when you come to meditation yeah and say what well, so it's sense of well why would you mindfulness of body because mindfulness of body you you return to nature <coughs> yeah the mindfulness of the body is the perhaps the only piece of nature we can we can take around with us these because the trees are gone, we you know, the forests are gone, the animals are gone. <laughs> you look around, what you see is steel and concrete and cars and electric wires and things. Trees are just kind of domesticated, kind of clipped, <laughs> cropped mutilated creatures stuck in the pavement for a bit of adornment. A few crows hanging around on them. (laughs) Progress, it's called. (laughs) And everything's going as fast as possible. So this, and then we're tuned into that, because this is our livelihood. This is what we wake up, this is what we get out and spend most of our day in, this kind of environment. Yeah? And it's all about rapid firing attention as fast as possible, lack of relationship, 
you know, just scurry past people. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, yeah, go, go, right, bang, go. <laughs> Short as quick as possible. <laughs> just nod, grunt, on you go, uh, and so on. So you, that's the, you're in this staccato realm of heart, lack of tonality. Or the only tonality is shrill and hard. Major tonality, shrill and hard. <coughs> this body, we still have these bodies. Yeah. Yeah. But how many people really know it? How many people can trust their own chitta? Because all our intelligence has been exported. Now the device is much more intelligent than you are. Yeah. The car is more intelligent than you are. It starts to talk to you. It starts to blink at you when you're sitting there. It starts to give you beep, 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 beep. It means you haven't done your safety belt up. Beep, 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 beep. Eventually <laughs> the cars will be telling where to go. They're trying to create these automatic cars which will steer you. It sounds so you're completely stupefied. <laughs> Just like a dumb puppet. It'll, t- it'll take you to work. It won't take you where you want to go. It'll take you where it wants to go. <laughs> and for sure, you know, once they get that thing on the road, there'll be some monitor. So you turn up late for work, and they know you stopped and had a cup of coffee. Because the car will tell them. <laughs> And you're just going to go down the interesting side route where there was a nice bit of forest and the car says, no, you're not, you're going on the freeway, it's faster. <laughs> this will be called progress. You'll be completely stupid, completely enslaved, and paying for it. <laughs> it's, it's happening. <laughs> well, we could, you know, we, oh, great, sounds good. <clears throat> Efficient, quick, yeah. Where's the tonality of that? Nothing. Dead. So when we return, these bodies are rather precious. Now you may very well consider you shouldn't get attached to the body, body is just bones and meat, skin, so on. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. That's true. But I'm talking about the intelligence in the body, the intelligence of the embodied chitta, which is still sensitive, sensitive to how things affect, how things are causing effects, sensitive to how it affects others, sensitive to how it moves, sensitive to the atmosphere it's in. Yeah. Sensitive to whether it's fully balanced and grounded, firmly placed. Sensitive to whether it feels balanced in itself, or it feels sick, or it feels stressed. Sensitive to whether its energy is steady or agitated. Aren't these important things to know? Yeah. Aren't these important things aren't these important things to clear? Are these important, thi- these important things to get fully established and uh, purify? So, jitta is then freed, liberated. Its intelligence is not obstructed by this numb, stressed, 
panicking, agitated, compulsive attention. <laughs> the impulsive, agitated intentions of hurry up, get it done, get to the end, get on with it. Next, what's next, what's next? How should I do it? How am I doing? Am I good? Am I bad? Am I this, am I that, or the other? You know? Which is the dominant mode in which people's minds get programmed in a competitive, consumer, work-oriented society. That's the dominant tone of it. It's highly, highly, highly critical, competitive, and progressive, goal-oriented. Get on to the next thing. Don't hang around with this. Get to the end of the sentence. Get to the end of the page. Get to the end of the book. Get to the next book. <clears throat> don't hang around on chapter one, page one. But actually, chapter one, page one, tells you all you need to know. There's a background. There's various things occur on that. You know, you know how, how are you? Um, are you reading things carefully? Are you reading even one word carefully? Are you reading one breath carefully? <laughs> are you reading, are you sensing one body movement fully? Are you sensing the whole body so it feels balanced? There's no next. There's no next. There's only this. And this changes, sure. But if you're in this, wondering about what to do next, that's, that's the wrong kind of attention. That's the wrong kind of mind state. Because it's not with this. It's with what it should be, or could be, or will be, or is, gonna, is going to be. And that is a fantasy. You can't be at the end of the sentence because there isn't one. In books have them, but we don't have one. Life doesn't have it. All our lives are unfinished, in some respect. We just roll on, roll on, roll on, quiet down, fade out. <laughs> Is that right? But what's the really important thing in the here and now is we still hear those rhythmic tones, still the heartbeat. Oomp, 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 oomp. Safe. Oomp, oomp. You still hear the loved, loved, welcome tone. Where do you think that is going to come from? It's not going to come from the book. It's going to come from your body, because right here in this body is still that. No, I don't mean you've got to listen to your heartbeat, but uh, you may. Or you may just even recognize you're in a living, breathing, warm uh, body. And whatever else it is, if it's just a bag of meat, bones and sinews, Still on, a, on an immaterial level, on a, on a psychological or an emotional level, it's a place of some warmth and groundedness and naturalness 
and rhythmic, rhythmic, rhythmic. And rhythm is very soothing to the chitta. Steady, calm rhythm is soothing to the chitta. Rhythm is extremely attractive to the chitta. We like music, dancing. We pick up rhythm quite easily. We go fast, we go slow. We pick up a rhythm very easily. It's our, one of our primary guidelines. <coughs> What's the speed? So when we come to things like walking, how fast you walk, you walk in a way which you feel rhythmic in. <laughs> how fast is that? I don't know. I don't measure it in terms of speed. You just walk in a way you feel the whole body is rhythmically in harmony. Now you don't have to do this according to some dance card or just feel it where your body feels it's not holding back, it's not rushing forward there's time for the body to move in a way that feels fluid, supple the whole body is here and it's not led by the head which is where most of your you know, our conceptual intelligence drives our energies and our, up into our heads which then we lead our lives through the eyes and the brain and that's, that's who's a part of our body but how much? and don't they always take you out of your body? they're the, they're the exit gates aren't they? the eyes take you out brain takes you out to the conceptual ideas the eyes take you out to the world out there so those aren't really the, the ones you want to follow <clears throat> but, so what, what you follow something that's a, perhaps you might say the whole body or the body centered around the heart region or the abdominal region where you get these it's right up to where the rhythmic warm tide is that's why we do breathing in and out yeah well it happens anyway but we try to encourage to find that rhythm breathing in breathing out breathing in breathing out breathing in hey there's that again boom boom you're safe boom breathe out boom you're safe boom don't worry next in breath will come don't worry next in breath will come <laughs> Don't force it, it'll happen by itself. Yeah? Don't be in a hurry, it'll happen by itself. Relax. Happens by itself. Breathing in, breathing out. Nice rhythm. Yeah, it happens. And we step back. You go too close, you get too caught in the details, you think this is important, therefore I've got to get really right on top of this and scrutinize every last detail to get it right. And then you compress the rhythm. You miss the rhythm. You miss the tone. The tone becomes tight, shrill, tense. No, this isn't right. Let's just get back to more trusting heart mode. I, I am breathed. It happens. Wonderful. <clears throat> and it happens by itself. And as I relax into that but at the same time listen carefully to it feel it carefully 
You feel the tones of the breathing, the energetic tones, the mood tones, the relaxing of the breathing out, the beautiful freshness of the breathing in. It's all happening. This is our piece of, this is nature. This is our last piece of wilderness. <laughs> you know, well, wilderness is actually a beautiful garden uh, uh, that's provided for us. And we, we uh, need to dwell in it and use it to re-educate us. And so often when most of us come to meditate, we come with a book and the idea, and these, they're all probably good. I'm not saying they're wrong, but the medium they're coming in is not the medium the Buddha used. He used the human, his human body talking to you, or the great teacher will be sitting in front of you talking to you, listening to you. You know, are you sure you've got this? And encouraging you. So the tones and the warmth and the presence would be there. So yeah, the instructions are good, but what's the medium? Yeah. Now, as they say, the medium is the message. The tone is the message. An important part of the message is the tone. Right? And so you pick that up. You're safe, you're loved, you're welcome. Take your time, it's going to happen. But do listen up, make mistakes, learn from them. Make mistakes, learn from them. Learn where, where, you, where your true intelligence is. It's not up in your head. For this, it's not up in your head. You're not going to get it as a set of words. You, you know, you're going to get it as a feeling feeling clear, feeling obstructed, feeling confused, feeling quiet, feeling sensitive. And you begin to clear, go back to the primary intelligence of citta, which is open, awake, attentive, to all these tones and qualities. See, this is the right tone, not this staccato. Not this haste, not this shrill, demanding tone. Not this endlessly self-critical tone. Not this hurry up and get it right tone. This tone of, you say, it's okay. You're loved. You're welcome. That's the tone. <laughs> that's the tone. Because that's, that's the one you, you can, it's going to help you, lead you. Not the rest of it. This is the human tone not the machine tone. Yeah. And so when we exported our intelligence to our devices, to our gadgets, to our machines, so that we can't go from one place to another without a GPS, you probably won't be able to get to your bathroom without a GPS soon, <laughs> because you'd be so stupefied. <laughs> There's so much technology to get the door open and get the, the, you know, so it's totally safe and nobody ever mistakes. You have some technical gadget to open the door and some special system that's going to operate the stairs to make sure you never slip over. So you get stupider and stupider. <laughs> you wonder how people survived without these things. But they survived pretty well. <laughs> you know, you still have... Uh, these uh, Hawaiian uh, 
sailors who can navigate across the Pacific Ocean 5,000 miles without a single device. Not a single gadget, not a single device, just sensing tones. Tones in the sky, tones of the water, tones in the body, what they're feeling. Sensing all the sense bases, sensing their, and having confidence, just trust, trust, trust. It can go perfectly well across this great uncharted mass. Most of us would just not have a clue because we've exported all our intelligence to these electronic devices. <coughs> we sound great till they break down, and then where are you? And they do break down, every single one of them. As you know, you know, oh well, get a new one. <laughs> we just updated it. But, you know, are they going to look after you when you're old and sick? Are you going to tell your phone, hey, I'm sick, phone. <laughs> I don't feel so good today. <laughs> you're going to tell your car, oh, you know, I'm feeling, so, I'm feeling unhappy and depressed. <laughs> That's not going to look after you. Is it? What looks after you? A good human being. Right? So this is what we rely upon. And we have to be a good human being to ourselves when we practice. Where does that lie? Where does it really, essentially, human being lie comes through this embodied form, embodied intelligence. And uh, that's not really a mind as a concept system. It's not really body as a meat and ba- meat bag. It's a kind of in- intelligence that navigates this body and can produce concepts when it needs to. It's okay, remember that, remember that, remember that. That's those are the byproducts. It's <laughs> you know it's fundamentally sen- sentient and intelligent. And it's intelligent, but it's not always wise. It has to. It's intelligent, it means it takes in and it responds, and it assesses, and it learns. It's a learning system. It gets wiser. Starts off not very well, and it gets wiser. Yeah. So the chitta itself is intelligent, and it learns, and it gets wise. Yeah. It gets wise through assessing, handling, being with direct felt experience, it gets wise. It gets wise through being direct felt experience as it's happening to this through this bodily base, yeah, through this sense of presence in the here and now. That's its school. That's its education. The flush in your nervous system, the tingle of anxiety, the rush of rage, the softness of warmth, the sense of relaxation and ease, the sense of Happiness and joy, that's what it learns. It learns through these flows and tides of mood that sweep through your nervous system, if you like, or your bodily system. And that's, that's, its, that's its learning ground. And you look, where are, the, where are the ones you trust in all that? So that's how it gets wise. It says, this one feels kind of good, this rush of passion. Where does it go? Burnout hunger more. This softer quality, just the gentle, contented ease. Where does that go? Oh, let's go somewhere better. 
So this is, this is, this is the, the tonal learning. And as you pick that up, you think, I don't know whether I can meditate. I don't know whether I can be an arahant. But I know what I can trust. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. So then you can use this uh, uh, embodied intelligence <coughs> to learn your tones. So you get these kind of lots of ideas in your mind. What's the tone? Anxious. Anxious? Yeah, anxious. Sure. Read it again. Yeah, really quite, quite nervous. Okay. Got it. Now, how does that feel? How does your body feel in that state? Body? What body? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I feel this pressure in my head, and it's fun. Oh, yeah, my chest feels kind of tight. And wait a minute. Anything else? Wow, just lost most of it. What about your abdomen? Could you breathe out? Oh, yeah. Keep doing it. What happened to the anxiety? Hmm. Oh, it changed. <laughs> it wasn't because you got a piece of information to make you feel more certain. That didn't cure it. It wasn't because you got somebody saying you're right or wrong. That didn't cure it. Because as soon as you got here, you think, but what about the next thing? And you worried about the next thing, didn't you? And you got that right, then you worried about the next thing, didn't you? <laughs> And you wonder whether you could remember it or not. Didn't you? Yeah? So it didn't cure it. Or cured it was just feeling your body, learning to just release the emotion through your body. Feel calm, kind of confident, I guess. I'll just see how it goes. (laughs) That's called confidence. You're never ready. That's called ready. You never know what you're doing. That's called confidence. (laughs) It means this, well, I'm open. I haven't got it figured out. That's called confidence in this Dhamma discipline. And as they say, you know, Rumpo Chan says, stream entra, who doesn't, not sure about much. non-returner, oh, not much he's sure about. Arahant, absolutely doesn't know a thing. <laughs> not sure about anything, completely unsure. That's what we call confidence, because it's just so open. Not leaning on concepts, symbols, projects, the future, the next. You know, somebody saying you're right or wrong, it's just in that. Because they know this is where the stress stops. <laughs> This is where the suffering stops. This is where the identification with being something stops. My mind is peaceful. I know that. So, you know, what's this tone? This is elation. This is excitement. No judgment. No no time for judgment. There's nobody there to tell you right or wrong. Just feel the feeling as a feeling. Take it into your body. If you could feel your entire body with that feeling, and the body says, yeah, I feel pretty good with that. 
Well, that's probably something to stay with. If your body starts getting tight and tense, passionate and rushing, confused and crumpled, probably not good. Meditate like that. Meditate with your body, not with your brain. Meditate with supporting your breathing, not thinking about it, not getting on top of it and scrutinizing it, not giving some system it's got to conform to, not putting on a spreadsheet and deciding what kind of breath you have. <laughs> you know, just get out of this conceptual thing into direct reality, and that will, it will lead you, it will guide you, and your intelligence will become clearer and brighter. <clears throat> so this is our, <laughs> you know, our project, if you like, re-education project. Returning to nature project, yeah. returning to primary intelligence, honoring, respecting, listen to the tone, stay with it. I hope some of this is useful. I've clearly, I often say the same thing over and over again, in perhaps in different ways, but that's because that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Because we had to keep striking these notes <laughs> many times before we, you know, it's just the way we are. And you hit, this, eventually you get the same tone. All oh, right, I think I'm getting it. <laughs> it's not information; it's reference. Yeah. So let's go back to how do we walk? Yeah, you know, because somebody's asking about this, and it's quite normal. So really, get the whole body here. The body is what walks. Don't walk from your head. You may not even realize you are walking from your head because that's so become so normal. But it should not be, your head should not be bent over, you should not be thinking about it, you should not be trying to find a point to focus on. All these are head habits. These are the habits of the literary world where you scrutinize a point. <laughs> it's, it's understandable. We all do that. But we, this is the habit we've got to release and come to non-scrutinizing a point. How can I get concentrated? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It will happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen like that. Yeah. Be mindful of your body as it walks and try to almost relearn how walking happens, how the body swings along, how it feels nice and light and comfortable, what's a good rhythm where it feels at ease and fresh. You get the tone. Get the tone, get the flow, yeah? And get your whole body in there, from the legs, the hips, the chest, the shoulders, the, everything is just nicely not forgetting bits, yeah? yeah? So the head is light, it's still there, but it's no longer dominant. We're not up there. We're with the whole thing. Our intelligence is spread through the whole system, reading it. We're reading the ground, reading the air, we're reading the space. We're sensitive to all of it, absorbed in none of it. Yeah? Now you may think, well, I'm not going to get concentrated. Don't worry about concentration. Just, just trust this because this feels much more comfortable. You can sustain this and feel very comfortable. That quality of comfort, get it? That quality of comfortable, that's the tone. Now, 
focus on that as it's occurring. Get it? Comfortable body. That's what we call concentration. That's what we call samadhi, is really absorbing that tone. Because it's always, uh, in this teaching, samadhi is always preceded by happiness, by joy, by ease. Those are the signs that are the signs that open the door to the absorbed quality, not picking on some point. (laughs) So, feel the whole form. Now, it's very normal and probably generally a good sound idea to have a simple track. You walk up and down on, you can make it 20 paces, 30 paces, and so on. Something like that, just so you feel you're having a good walk along. But if you're really losing it altogether, up in your head, just stop, stand still, feel your feet. Where am I? And look at a tree for some guidance. You know, it's the tree. Tree is a pretty... Actually, they meditate better than a lot of us do. (laughs) Very grounded, sensitive, open. (laughs) Look for a tree for some guidance. Just help, help. Tree will say, you're all right. Get your roots down. Stay there, okay? Okay, right, thank you. Let's move along. It's probably so, we use a simple track so that we're not just going sightseeing, wandering off, but so not looking at other people, what they're doing. So good not to be walking across each other's paths because that's going to give each other space and take some time uh, and let yourself settle into it. <coughs> rightly, rightly established walking meditation is a process that leads to samadhi and it's a way of really reconfiguring what that word means. It means comfortable, steady, settled, composed in what you're doing. And uh, we have to relearn this because most of us city folks have never walked properly in our lives. <laughs> okay.